Hi, hello, and welcome to the after party, folks. We made it out of the Divine Labyrinth an episode later than we thought we would. And uh, I don't know about you, but this was an action-packed three episodes of joining the party. My God. Amanda. Yeah. I need I need water. I've been in the labyrinth for so long. Is 2023 the Divine Labyrinth? Is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. And the harvester, much like the specter of death, was following us the entire time. <laughs> yep. That's exactly right. Now, Julia, uh, did you like that? Was that good for you? Was the specter of death following you guys all through 2023, too? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> oh, I thought you. I thought you could see mine. Oh, what? no, I don't have Shinigami eyes like in Death Note. Sorry. Oh, I do. <laughs> the- My specter was like the specter of mediocrity, which is just like always right there, you know? Mm. What does That's that look like you're a white man, you? Brandon. Exactly. What does it what, look like? Look, yeah, what, is that, what like does a- your specter of mediocrity look like? I mean, it just looks like me. It just looks like a ghost of me, honestly. <laughs> it's a beige shadow that's Brandon shaped. It's mega Brandon, but beige. Yeah, exactly. Hey, take this monster. Is uh, have a spirit that hangs around that looks like your PCs, but a yeah. worse version, boring version of them, and just give them tents. It's uh, really rude good. of you to steal stuff from the Deck of Many Things revised episodes we did for party planning. <laughs> rude, <sighs> Julia. Rude. I am not allowed to listen to those episodes anymore because then I'll get accused of stealing. I'm okay with that. <laughs> You're allowed to steal stuff from me so long as you credit me. That's like, right. I'm a rotten queen. I just feel like I should do it in when I'm directly in front of you. Yeah. I feel okay. weirder when look like, her in the eyes. Yeah, yeah, I need to look at you in the eyes while I physically reach into your pocket and put it in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You gotta listen to your lawyer, Eric. Don't steal. Don't say it. Don't tell her. Okay. Brandon, as my lawyer, <laughs> am I allowed <laughs> to steal this from Julia? Eric, what specter haunted you in 2023? Oh, the specter of death. Oh, yeah. Okay. Talk about it. Great. Yeah, the reg- which is the harvester. The Everyone's like, one. oh, why did the harvester have a seed as a head and not a pumpkin? Well, the the specter of death that followed me had a pumpkin seed head so and was True. made out of roots. So Makes sense. Nice. It was, it was kind of, it was directly the same. Hmm. Love to hear it. Uh, Folks, there's a lot to get to today, and I am stoked to start here uh, with a multi-tiered question, like a layer cake from Melanie. Melanie says, I have a notes page saved for my join the party after party questions. Very smart, Melanie. (laughs) And this time it's mostly filled with my reactions like Havana, no. Havana, what the fuck? Eric, what the fuck? Which leads me to my first question. Was the bird Havana wanted to stay with, Havana, what the fuck? The bird panorama was warning everyone about. Had to be, right? Had to be. I assume. I mean, I assume there's mul- multiple birds that were like um, that that sort of bird, but mm-hmm. maybe not that specific bird, like that one. Listen, but... it's a mystical labyrinth. Eric had to put in more than one monster, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it was a real road not taken situation for us. That was such a fun scene. I almost forgot about it until I read Melody's question. I'm like, oh, that's right. That happened too. Yeah, were you all li- were you lit a dead forest on fire? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. hold on. Let's not uh, encompass <laughs> me into that situation. Oh no! I, I, I when not. I said you, I said Brandon in oh, my head. <laughs> no, it was a, it was a dual effort of Brandon and Amanda. Let's oh, that's fair. Yeah. That's yeah. a good. That one. That's a, a very good point. That's that was a Bramanda special. Yes, mm-hmm. it was yeah. peanut butter jelly. Yep. Well, the thing is, I don't want to. I'm trying to decide what to say, as I usually do on the after party. I'm like, is the author dead and the author is me? Mm-hmm. Should I say things that I was thinking while this was happening? Mm. Um, yes. First of all, I think, yeah, this was directly inspired by stuff that I said that Panorama 
the stuff that Panorama had said was like, oh, yeah, it's a weird amalgam of lots of stuff and it's a bird. So watch out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that it did exist. In my head, it was like a Dark Souls boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I named it as such, Crawling at Crafted Flight, uh, which I thought was really funny. I You all assumed you were immediately going into initiative. And I'm like, nah, it's just kind of hanging out. <laughs> it's I just kind of doing Yeah, and you slapped us with initiative at the end of the episode. And we at least expected it. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Ha-cha. Um. So I think that the thing I wanted to try to get across was like... Th- Grafted Flight was not actively eating Havana. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was kind of important. Havana was, like, felt safe, question mark, with the bird. And there was something there. Um, There's a question later about, like, is the harvester an extension of the planter itself or its own thing? And the answer is both. So I think that that was kind of part of it. Like... Everything in the harvester is the plant. Everything in the labyrinth is the planter, and the planter is everything in this labyrinth. Oh, no. Did we set the planter on fire? Whoops. I'm okay with that. Yeah. See? I sort of assumed the planter's consciousness, like, took over the harvester in that moment or could, like, kind of, you know, poke out and act through the different, uh, you know, physical things that we were being faced with. And the bird was just another interesting example of a divinely touched you know, creature within the labyrinth that was available for sort of, I don't know, takeover, like a puppet show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everything is a puppet show. I forgot. Everything's a puppet show. That's what I always say. That's one of the main themes of Join the Party that people haven't talked about is that At everything's a puppet this show. Campaign. Yeah. <laughs> We've it's been this... saying that this is an anime, but this is definitely just a puppet mm. show. Yeah. It's like Mario 3 that everything's on stage. Mm-hmm. I think all tabletop <laughs> RPGs are actually puppet shows now that I think about it. <laughs> That's pretty good, Julia. That's pretty good. I do we, like that. We are flesh puppets when you think about it for like the <laughs> ephemeral consciousness, you know, that sort of exists like in, but not of us. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, spectral yeah. entity that's been following Amanda yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or last year. Sorry. Last year. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Damn. Damn, dude. <laughs> damn, dude. Damn. Uh, so it's like, I'm going to say yes, kind of. Okay. Because it's like, there are a lot of things that you didn't, there are not like a lot of things, but the way that the story, the way that the story wound itself is like, this is the stuff you all saw. So I guess the answer uh, for the characters in their lived experience is yes. Mm-hmm. But Eric, I want to know what stuff we didn't see. Yeah, I was going to ask Tell you what other, what other kind of monsters were in there, like a minotaur or something. Oh, you know, whatever. Tell oh, me. Don't worry, don't well, worry. Well, if you didn't, if you didn't know, like uh, you could just make some up right, right quick off the top of your head, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there were um, there were flower versions of all of you that were rooted <sighs> to the ground that you could have run into. <gasps> Cool. That would be very scary. Yeah, but it was of it was it was of Julia, Brandon, and Amanda. That was, <laughs> why it was scary. That less was scary, scary now, guys. Yeah. You could like sneeze on mine; it would fall over. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am- Amanda's is just like a dandelion, where it's like you cough and then it, everything uh-huh. scatters. That's exactly right. Yeah. God, can you imagine me and Amanda being allergic to ourselves? <laughs> we would be, Brandon. Well, that's mm-hmm. why Amanda got biohacked, so she's no longer <laughs> allergic to her flower version of herself. It's true. Actually, Eric, Melanie wanted to know: Was there actually salt in Panorama's bags or was it something specific to do with the birds? Oh, who knows, man? Who knows? Truly, who knows? What was in the bag? Who truly, who knows? The thing is, so this is what the, the, the tension of 
tabletop RPGs, especially the way that we played it. The fact that this, the navigation mechanic of the labyrinth meant I didn't have to come up with stuff until you ran into it or you rolled on it, right? Yeah. That's always the tension. So it's like I had ideas, but I and there are things that I came up with. Like I knew that I wanted you to run into grafted flight by the end of this because Havana disappeared, but I didn't know it until you had these interactions and I wanted to continue to build on it. Right, right. right? So yep. it's like I, there are things I could have come up with if the roles went worse. Like uh, the fact that Julia ended up rolling so well because of the the bonuses, the bonuses that Cammy got, which and is great. She's good at survival, man. Mm. It was good. So it's like the the dice and the move told me what things we could come up with. Right? Yeah. Sure. So it's mm-hmm. like it's almost like you I was reaching into an infinite you you reach into like a, the infinite uh dr- the infinite drive from uh uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, right? Is like everything's mm-hmm. in there which creates energy and only once the dice are rolled do we lock in on one thing. Mm-hmm. You know? That's really it's like good. Marvel's What If. Marvel presents <laughs> What If. But we're, it's, it's like a multiverse where we're just iterating on IP that's already been created. <laughs> that's what it is. So it's like, I, we could have, I could have told you more. The thing that I did know in terms of monsters that were following you around, only the Harvester was following you around and I was going to add another one which was Gloria. There was not like another, there was not another chasing monster in there. Mm, but the, you, if you had ran into other stuff in different parts during the labyrinth, we would have done other things. Right. Right. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. And I feel like the payoff of Grafted Flight was talking to Panorama twice and then Havana getting yeeted because yeah. Havana was being a real jerk in the, in the grove. <laughs> Eric, I hear what you're saying, but was there like a little guy with a big <laughs> weapon? In there, was there Honestly, a little guy with a big weapon? I yeah, yes, there was. There uh-huh. totally you could have come up with that. Cool, cool, cool. Man, that would have been re- yeah. Honestly, like if you had rolled another thing where you ran into a denizen of the labyrinth, there could have been like a little berry with a massive sword cool. who just like swings at you <laughs> as soon as you come close enough. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Love it. Returning to Melanie's layer cake, uh, second question, was the reason Gloria was attacked because you knew she wouldn't die? The Melanie follows up. This is the frosting between the layers, you see. Ooh. Well, actually, my, quote, Eric, did you kill Gloria so you wouldn't have to voice another NPC suspicion turned into, did you slice her in half because you knew she could regenerate? Eric, what were you thinking about Gloria re- being a worm. Well, I want to throw <laughs> this. Just, were you just like you backtrack because you saw how upset I was after? Yes, like, I would like I to sliced. ask the three of you first of what did you think what happened, and you were sitting there for a week waiting because there was a week recording time in between going into initiative and yes. then doing the the boss battle episode. Right, you you very clearly wanted to have that be the button of the episode, and I immediately was like, I have a reaction spell that I want to use. <laughs> I was like, we write can't it down, end here. write it down, write it down. I want to use it. Uh, I I highly suspected that Gloria would have some regenerative properties, just because I knew about worms, man. Yeah, worms worms regenerate. I don't know. Yeah. I thought you could have just given us a, a friend that had killed off in the same you know arc. That would have made sense. Yeah. <laughs> it almost happened to Smelly Haze. Exactly. Yes. And now I'm scarred for life. <laughs> oh, shout out to Smelly Haze. Smelly Haze. But I do think it was important to give us some amount of stakes. And, and like, I, I see why you did it narratively. And it was exciting and important for us, too, where, you know, uh, this is not, I don't know. I, I We picked up two friends in the previous episode, and both of them were imperiled. And one of them was explicitly sliced in half. A thing that happened 
almost exactly to Havana. And he only was able to heal himself because he was, at that time at least, still on the path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm looking at my notes from episode 31. And I wrote down, Gloria, what is her deal (laughs) now that she got out of the grove? And I wrote, one, she got through the cascade before it dried up. Yeah. Two, was she a blacksmith? Maybe she can make you new weapons. Oh, cool. Uh, And then there's some backstory stuff. And then uh, she can regenerate. So finding a time she gets cut in half could be fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Love that. I did write it down. I wrote it yeah. down the whole time. No amount of sway for the players or the listeners made Gloria come back to life. I knew it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, EP fellow wondered if it was because of fan reactions, but you know, EP, we played this uh, months before you mm-hmm. all heard it. So, yeah. it and the next episodes. So, like, yeah, yeah. EP, I'm just so sleepy that like I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm so EP myself that I just can't mm-hmm. consider what the listeners say. Mm-hmm. Too sleepy to read. That happens to me all the time, Eric. Yeah. That's that's my specter following me around. Next to the specter of death is me sleepy. <laughs> it's just why is this walking behind me? Me wearing like athletic shorts and a tank top trying to go to bed. I can tell you that's true. Uh, and then finally, uh, Melanie's uh, crowning question of this cake is... Uh, not so much a question, more of a thought. The way Gloria was insisting that someone promised to bring her to the ship made me really worried about her and her intentions. But then she seemed like a great addition to the hold with her forging skills, and now I don't know what to feel. Players, did you all have any uh, suspicions, feelings, instincts about Gloria being like, somebody get me the fuck out of here? No, that insistence made me think that maybe she had been abandoned by fellow crewmates in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was kind of quasi-imprisoned, sort of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. She was cursed and made to be put into a uh, deep sleep. Yeah. So I think anyone, anyone would want to get out of there. So, like, whether or not they were bad, I would have been like, hell yeah, let's get you out of here, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It made me sympathetic for her. I was worried for her. You know, it made me sad. Definitely along Julia's lines that, you know, either someone had left her in the dust or she was worried about that happening this time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I was not leaving without my pumpy and without Gloria. Gloria, good. I like her. Gloria, I good. I like her. Um, in my head, she's just like a little bit wrinkly. Yeah, you know, a little bit. Like I you know, I gorgeous. usually see worms when they're out in the wa- out in the rain, and they're like plump. Yeah. But it's like, what if you saw a worm at a different time? Yeah. <laughs> like an apple. It's a couple weeks past prime. Yeah. Still, still good for applesauce. That's still true. good for cider. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I always say. Yeah. Eric, Saveman97 wants to know, it really felt like an anime flashback episode for the conversation with Gloria. It seemed like you were having a lot of fun with it. Did you enjoy asking the players questions? When they started rescuing Gloria, did you start to plan for that? Or was it just the way the conversation went? <laughs> yeah, no, that was really fun. I thought it was I thought it was silly. Um, kind of where we're at in the story. It's just like, what what's happening? Who are you? What what are you doing? And hearing you explain it back to me was is just very funny. I just like taking like silly, you know, you to like spin the wheel on TV tropes and you see what happens. I just like taking TV tropes and putting it in our actual play. It's just yeah. fun. It's good stuff. It's also just good for the listener to have like a little recap, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for us to be like, yeah, this is the sure is the world that we're playing in. It's it's mm-hmm. always fun every time it happens. That sure and also, is happening. Like, this is how we understand it to be, which is also kind of important to Eric to mm-hmm. like kind of check in with us to see where we're seeing yeah. the plot is, how we're wrong, where we've missed, mm-hmm. yes. how how far afield we've gone. <laughs> oh, come on! There's no field. You might be far a sea, but definitely. Not far. <laughs> oh. 
Hey, oh, hey, oh. Hey, oh, hey, 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 oh. No matter how lost you get on the sea, you always end up back where you started eventually. I don't know if that's true. Like a bathroom. Cosmically, I guess. All right, here's a question from Moss, a sentient rock. How'd you figure out that Havana would give up religion, TM, for the crew? Was it planned? Did you roll for it? No, it was emotional as fuck, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because uh, Julia makes me cry on the inside. So Yay! after I do things to Julia, Julia does it back to me. Yeah. That's <laughs> friendship. Yep. Is making each other cry on the inside through emotional role play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like the, the whole th- like religious theme here and like the omnipresent like creator god slash figure. Um, I always find really interesting because in a, a lot of these stories, like for example, when Abraham has to take Isaac to the top of a mountain and sacrifice him, um, God, like there's always gods like do this and then there's a lot of consternation and then there's not really any resolution it's just kind of like ah whatever it's fine yeah you you did good the fact you were thinking about it is fine and I think that's kind of what happened during this arc was like there was a lot of declarations and stuff that happened and then eventually it's like ah oh, we all thought about it it kind of we, we just kind of mushed it at the end like that wasn't the conclusion isn't the point it's the fact that you had to reckon with the fact that this conflict was in front of you mm-hmm. um uh, it felt it felt resonant to me, and mm-hmm. the fact that you had to you uh, you wrestled you wrestled with it was a good part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, hell yeah, dude. Mixel wants to know what mechanics Eric were you using for Julia in the Divine Labyrinth, and I do see here a note from <laughs> Eric Best GM in podcasting. Eric, what does that say? It says it's mostly a note that says bother Julia at interesting times. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. kind of the plan for join the party as a business, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just bother me at interesting times. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that checks mm-hmm. out. Yeah, it's it's know know your players, man. You give give Amanda a puppy, uh, bother Julia at interesting times, and lay enough clues so that Brandon on the third re-listen will start to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we are Damn. a balanced All party. <laughs> All called out. <laughs> Absolutely read to fill. It's, hey, say your say my tropes back to me. It's fine. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's it's funny because what uh, oftentimes when I watch movies that have like a mystery or whatever it is, within the first five minutes, I say that guy did it in this way, in this way, and I'm almost always right, <laughs> and I can never get anything here. You suspend That's your because you're only an art. observer, Brandon. <laughs> when you watch a movie, you're you're in involved it. in it. You're in it when we're playing a tabletop RPG. That's true. That's true. Thank yeah. you, Julia. If you mm-hmm. were one of the knives out, you would be really confused. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. yeah, or if you were one of the knives out too, <laughs> <laughs> the glass onion. Yeah, if you were a glass onion, you would be really confused. That's true. I'd be mm-hmm. tight if I was mm-hmm. a glass onion. If you I'd were like... the Dave Batista, you would be very confused. Mm-hmm. If you were one of the glass onions, it would have been like, wow, a lot's happening here. And Daniel Craig's of... here. That's crazy. <laughs> One of Julia or Amanda would have me a glass onion on their shelf and show it to people as they come to their house. Look at this I cool would. glass onion I have. Yeah. 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 I have pomegranate object, which is enough for me. Okay. So um, time for me to have glass Janelle onion. Monet in this film. Yeah. So Julia has to have the glass onion. <laughs> <laughs> this, got, this got away from me. I'm sorry. I, should, I, I, got, I was on top of it too much. Oh, God. It's looking like in the last day of the year when we're recording this. We're just like, I'm just out here. We're oh, no, wait. It's in two days? It. What day is it? Fuck. I don't even know what day it is. We have two more days of the year. I thought it was the 30th. I'm confused. It's the last work day of the year. Oh, okay. 
I just forgot Saturday existed. I thought we went, like, my plans today went right into Sunday, and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, dog. <laughs> <laughs> just riding that wave into, into, into New Year's Eve. Let's no, do it. first we have to go to a house party with 40 to 50 of my relatives. For, have fun. I, it's, I'm going to be around a lot of McLaughlin's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 40 to 50 wa- feral Evangelism. Wild hogs. Yeah. <laughs> 40 to 50 wild hogs. And Wait, me. hold on real quick. So I went to uh, Florida for Christmas to see my parents this year. And my mom, you know, gives me the updates of their like weird retirement community. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, Stumpy the alligator's around. Um, <laughs> and they're, they're having a problem with a herd of wild hogs. And I was like, 30 to 50 wild hogs. She's like, what? I was like, never... Mm, I can't possibly begin to explain this. I couldn't. Mm. And then Jake was like, what? And I was like, okay, I have to explain it to you. <laughs> we referenced binders full of women the other day. I think Eric brought it up. No, then... I, I I, did not. No way. I bring no? that up constantly. No. It, I, I know you're talking about it. I don't think it was me, but I, I talk about that all the time. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. it it remains among the best references of all time. That one's not in my six shooter, unfortunately. Okay, you're right, you're right. Your six shooter is filled with five nine eleven jokes <laughs> and one reference to one piece. <laughs> you gotta bring it down to at least three in twenty twenty four, my guy. At least three. <laughs> Please, I, I definitely, beg of you. I definitely uh, said that something didn't melt still beams the other day. I definitely, that's 100% true. It went over true. great. It went over great. It went really, it really, really well. Did. I, All right, folks, let's, let's <laughs> get the ship back on course and talk about episode 32. Wait, this is relevant to join the party. Remember when I put a 9-11 joke in the trailer for campaign two? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Yes, I do. We, we deliberated over the pause. Brandon was like, is this pause enough? Is it too much? <laughs> How much? Give of a me your pause. reaction. Yeah. All right, folks, let's get this ship back on course. We are going to talk about episode 32, The Boss Battle. Uh, here is a question from Amanda Mazio. Another Amanda M. Thank you. Uh, first of all, loved this arc. Secondly, it seems like Cammy had endless spells. I don't think there were any long rests in this arc. So were some of those cantrips? In short, how is Cammy able to do so much? Maybe this is more of a mechanics question, but I'd love to know how spell slots work, if hexes use spell slots, and how many Cammy has. Hexes don't use spell slots. That's the that's mm. one of the key things which probably made it feel like I was using my spell slots a lot. Hexes don't use spell slots and I don't need to I can basically use hexes like cantrips in in the witch class. Um, I was keeping track of my spells. We were dwindling at the end, but I had saved that fourth level spell for the polymorph for mm-hmm. the entire arc. Oh my God. And I was so really excited to break it out. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, we. I think we recapped at some point during that last episode, or during that episode, uh, where we were. And mm-hmm. frequently, if we are like down to the wire on some of our spell slots or abilities, or whatever, we'll we'll call it out. But yeah, we do keep track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this a especially because like y'all were down. Umbi didn't have any potions left. I didn't have any. Yeah, regenerate dice. Yeah. Um. And uh, I sizzle three two one. Also wanted to know why our sweet prince Troy has so few arrows. Yeah. Why, our why sweet does prince he Troy? have so few arrows? Why uh, so few arrows? There aren't. I don't. We have to reach out to Mage Hand Mike. But I. I don't see like I don't level up my arrows like I do my you know uh, risk die. And so I wonder if we can just you know 
come up with something where at a certain level I, you know, up my ammunition. But I can look into that. It's probably know, something there. like a gun. Like there's only so many bullets that come with a gun. And, you know, when you get a crossbow, you get five bolts. I think the thing you got to remember is like the gunslinger class is like more like a cowboy. Yeah. It's like with their six shooter. And like that's why they have only so many bullets. And that's why Troy has so many arrows. But yeah. I, there has to be a mechanic for you to get more. I'm sure it's in there. Well, my my sweet son also brought me two arrows. So that was exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's I love why that you have he just like game. had those packed, ready to go. Yeah, maybe happy. Just like some real ancient weird arrows. Don't worry about it. Just shoot them. It's fine. It's Try fine. D- doesn't know how to worry. Simply <laughs> 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 moves forward with confidence. I don't know what you mean. Oh, nice, cool arrows. Thanks, yeah, bro. yeah, I love that. So, Julie, can you recap for us how many uh, spell slots of each level you have? So, with seventh level, I had four. First level spells, three second level spells, three third level spells, and one fourth level spell. So I think I, I again I don't have the I I have a little card where I X out the uh, spells as I use them. Smart. So I don't have the one that I had for the Divine Labyrinth arc, but I believe I had like at the end of the arc one second level spell left, and then that fourth level spell that I used on Polymorph. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, at one point, I think when you guys were in the grove, you're like, oh, I was like, oh yeah, you can just like wait and chill as like the, as the stump. And you're like, oh great, a long rest. I'm like, no, (laughs) no, it's not a long rest. Certainly not. It's certainly not. You were in the middle of a scary labyrinth that is not happening. Yeah. Mage Silverleaf wants to know, taking my cue from Julia and Brandon, is the mangrove woolly mammoth an extinct creature that used to live on Verdistello, or is it something that lives today? If it's extinct, what made it extinct? And if it's a living population, where do they live? Mm. Eric. Oh, I need to know. Uh, I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> I mean, you're the one who's like, hey, I'm a woolly mammoth now, which, first of all, did not see coming out of the few out of the things <laughs> I thought would happen. Turning into a woolly mammoth and and like uh, monster truck rallying the harvester <laughs> was not what I saw coming. Yeah, it was really between the giant ape, which is D&D's answer to King Kong and yeah. a mammoth. And I no, was you like, right. you know, flavor-wise, I think the mammoth is a little more fun. Plus, it had that uh, the like the trample thing, yeah. the trample thing where I could I could run and hit the and like the whole thing with the harvester, as we know that he has terrible balance. So I was like, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. gonna work better, actually. I would so watch good. Godzilla versus mammoth. That'd be uh, good, right? Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. It'd be really yeah. good. Godzilla versus King Kong versus Mammoth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's Ray Romano from Ice Age. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what if What if the King Kong was sheepish Kevin James from the meme? <laughs> no, would that be good? No, I would not like. I that. think it'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that actually. I just imagined you hear Godzilla's like roar, like roar, and then you hear King Kong's beat in his chest, then you hear. wouldn't that be sick it would be sick i'd watch it it was good um yeah i uh, i feel i like the idea there they were extinct and then you brought it back just for the polymorph that feels really good if they were extinct what kind of plant-based thing killed them off from space is it like a like a tumbleweed from space that hit vertistello well i don't know (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if it's like a like an asteroid thing. I think maybe they're just like as things got smaller, so being a big dude didn't really help didn't really mm-hmm. work. So it just kind of like 
it just kind of faded out. And then there's a photo of like, you know, a bunch of people, a bunch of people from the hot house, like with a kajillion um, mangrove woolly mammoth skulls, like with a buffalo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, Teddy Roosevelt is from Open Fields. You know it. Teddy oh, yeah. Roosevelt? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Wow. He was a rough rider because of all the thorns. <laughs> was he the one that said, uh, speak softly, but have thorns on your side? He did say <laughs> exactly that. Carry a right, big Brandon. stick with exactly thorns. Yeah, right. you're right. <laughs> That's why he's on Nailed the 20 it. amber piece. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's on the 20 to bloom. Oh, mm. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk, though, about the harvester surprising, I'll say, all of us and turning into a whole ass ship. Uh, Eric, where the hell did this come from? And it was very cool and also scary. Comment. Uh, (laughs) Thoughts? (laughs) I can't find the exact message, but at one point a week later, Brandon messaged the Joy of the Party Slack (laughs) and said, oh, shit, this was a second phase boss battle. And I'm like, Mm, yeah, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, Yay, got a, got yeah. He got a whole bar. new sidebar. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to pull a new a new health bar up because I think something that happened that I wasn't anticipating was you all making the harvester look silly a bunch of times in a row. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, it's fine. It happens, and I think it happened. That was like something I wanted to give you as a bonus for bringing Gloria because mm. it's like you decided to take her out. You you took the curse off of her. That was all really smart. And then you set up this situation where the harvester is beating down the door, is right outside, and Gloria's like, oh, yeah, I got it. That was just kind of like a, that came to me in the moment, and I gave it to you that he has terrible balance, <laughs> that the harvester has terrible balance, right? So I was like, you spent us so much time making the harvester look like a goofus that I had to reaffirm that the harvester was, in fact, deadly powerful. and powerful and like the minotaur of this maze. Mm-hmm. So um, that was why Gloria needed to be sliced in half. And that's why the harvester needed a second phase. Mm. I think the other thing is like when you make a boss battle, especially in Dungeons and Dragons, because this doesn't come up in other types of combat, like with Powered by the Apocalypse, it's like you need to have multiple ways of succeeding. Um, especially you, you should probably have one that's not kill the thing because it doesn't make any sense. Like almost mm-hmm. never should your goal be bring this this HP down to zero because mm-hmm. there's, there's almost always something else going on. Like uh, recover the artifact, escape, protect. There's always going to be a different verb. And I think that the thing was you want to escape. So the harvester trying to keep you from escaping, what are you going to do? Are you going to go through them? Are you going to go around? Are you going to figure that out? And uh, you went around, which is kind of what I assumed because I wrote that in to the thing at the beginning of the arc. That like yeah. you could permeate the outside of the labyrinth if you were aware and were able to do that. And then I was just really excited. It's like, oh, you, you're back on the boiling reef. So let's do a fucking, let's do some wa- some ship combat mm-hmm. because that would be exciting again to the boiling reef almost felt like like a little, adi- like a prefix to uh, this whole arc in the first place. So I wanted to bring it back. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. Speaking of Gloria, Laura A. Don says, with the utmost respect, did we ever hear what happened to Gloria's severed bottom? <laughs> it got left behind, I imagine. Now, uh, is it a I myth or is it true both. that worms can regrow from both halves? They can regrow. Grow, but I I think it's a myth that they have like a brain on both sides. Yes, mm. that sounds um, right. So yeah, that that guy is just like sort of 
All right. Dead, dead somewhere. So she's, she's composted into the into the labyrinth, you know. And Brandon Also, it's the... a glowworm, right? She's a glowworm, not an earthworm. She's a glowworm, yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like yeah. different too, so mm-hmm. I don't know. And uh, Brandon, respectfully, what flight did you learn that on? <laughs> uh... <laughs> That one was like like a cheap United flight where like they really didn't have anything other than like docs about worms, you know, mm, real cheap, basically free to license. Yeah, exactly. You know? Brandon, you should start a program that's like uh, Skillshare, but it's just you telling people to watch stuff on flights. <laughs> like you can only access it when you're ten thousand feet in the air. Yeah. World's most exclusive streaming channel. Yeah, you can. It's, it's, it's an edutainment site. Yeah, for, hey, it's a they YouTube. have podcasts on on some Delta flights, so they did. So maybe we can get on there. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Anyone who works at Delta, hit us up. And uh, finally, before I, I nip into the kitchen to refill these uh, appetizer platters of spinach and feta puffs, the Ooh. question surgeon Michelle Spurgeon wants to know: How does Cammy feel about the planter saying their hardships were the path all along? Well, uh, I will answer this question with a statement, which is Cammy then punted them off of the boat. So, <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I don't uh, we, uh, you guys didn't hear it because it was in the original draft of the episode, but we had to take it out for legal reasons. But it did have Ari and losing my religion underneath it mm-hmm. as that happens. So, mm, yeah, we uh, really we tried to license it. But then Michael Stipe was like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like, Fair. do you have more than ten dollars? And they were like, no. And he was like, OK, then no. No. <laughs> so but the answer is no. Yeah, I think that was also your reward for doing a really good job, um, for doing a really good job on the ship combat and like getting, pulling the harvester, pulling the harvester on the boat. That was kind of like your reward for doing, for doing good combat uh, was having that conversation. Um, And I think that that's what the heart, I mean, I believe that that's what the planter would say to all of you is like. Uh, you're you little, you, wow, human, uh, green folk. You're always kind of squabbling and doing little stuff. And it's like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Like, I, if you mess with stuff, it's going to bite back. But like, that's what you, that's what happens. So there you go. And I can, that's deeply unsatisfying to, to people. Um, hearing that from, uh, hearing that from someone on high. Um, and I was just like, yeah, yeah. That's what you're going to have to deal with. Um, but it was fun, like, having you talk to an aspect, actually talk to the aspect of the planter um, mm-hmm. as you were messing around in there. And the planter put a hit out on Cammy. <laughs> that was cool. We loved that. <laughs> Love that. Love that for Cammy. Love that for us. Yeah. I like also the planter knows about Baba Rudavega. That was something that was I thought was fun. Mm-hmm. Well, like, planter, obviously. Yeah, is the planter omniscient? Uh, in so in so many ways, yeah, or at least like knows enough. I feel like Bob Rugabega has been messing around for long enough that like it got back to to the planter's desk. Yeah, it, it felt <laughs> yeah. to me like everybody, you know, everybody over a certain age, you know, in certain professional circles knows of each other, even if they don't know each other. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> and and even that for 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 Umbi and Troy as well is like. Y'all have done some, you, you've done some wild shit, and uh, the planter knows about it. It's like, you know, that's what happens. It, it's just what happens. I, it's going to be deeply unsatisfying to you to talk to me, because I don't care about this, because I'm the planter. Uh, <laughs> so it's just, it is what it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about this a lot, that, like, 
if I was talking to any god, and all from all of my understanding of of gods, both as like you know deities in fantasy, in like talking to the god creature in fantasy worlds, or um, in the like the Hades Percy Jackson talking to modern versions of Greek gods, sort of way, and also we talked about this a little bit in campaign too. Is like. Uh, it always feels like you're talking to a philosophy major in college <laughs> and you have $5 for food that weekend. <laughs> it's like, it's I, for them. I yeah. don't want to talk about phil- philosophy. I don't want to talk <laughs> about the everything of everything. I'm trying to figure out what my what my lunch is going to be in two days. Yeah. Is, that's how I just how I feel about it all of the time. Mm. Um, and I was trying to get, hit you all with that, especially because the three of you have... Straw struggled with like real interpersonal conflict throughout your character's life, both before the campaign and during this the campaign. And the planter's like, "Hey, man, whatever. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, th- that did happen to you. That's what happens when you set up like millions of cre millions of creatures that create societies together, and they bump into each other. Like, there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. That is what happens. Yeah. yeah. Very well Rude. put." Rude. <laughs> well, I'm going to think that over while I put another batch of these uh, spinach and cheese puffs in the oven. Uh, guys, don't worry. I'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Amanda. And thank you so very much to those who joined our Patreon in the last few days of the year. Anne, Iron Wolf, Kendall, Jeff, the Happy Fun Ball, and Wolfie. Two wolves. Isn't that cute? We can only make this show with all of the time and love and energy that we do pour into it and do the exciting stuff that we have coming up in January, more about that at the end of this episode, because of your support. For just five bucks a month, you can know you're making the show possible and get all kinds of good stuff. Access to our patron-only Discord, an additional bi-weekly podcast from us. If you like that conversation pit that uh, we showed you last week, you're going to have more of those and all kinds of other incredible stuff like ad free episodes, and more. Join us today at patreon.com slash join the party pod. This week at Multitude, there is so much going on, and I am always thinking of the sun this time of year. I look forward every year to the winter solstice, uh, after which point it starts getting brighter every day again instead of darker. And most of the things I know about space, I learn from Pale Blue Pod. This is, of course, our astronomy podcast for people who are kind of overwhelmed by the universe but really want to be its friend, which I just love. Because Dr. Moya McTeer, the astrophysicist, and her friend, and mine, the comedian Corinne Caputo, demystify space one topic at a time. The show comes out every single week. It starts your Monday off right, and you should go and subscribe. Listen to Pale Blue Pod now. We are sponsored this week by Chaotic Great Games and their brand new trading card game, Goodnock. This is an expandable tactical card game for two to four players where you can build a deck of 20 fighters and tactics and place it on top of your stronghold. You get to maneuver cards across the battlefield to try and siege your opponent's stronghold before they siege you. There are such beautiful art on these cards and very unique fantasy factions and tons of exclusives for kick. Kickstarter backers, including alternate art 
and guest art. You can go check out the project now. Click the link in the description. And there are all kinds of stretch goals that you can go ahead and look at. There are videos about how to play. There is honestly such beautiful rewards. You're absolutely going to love it. There are shipping estimates, of course, and the stretch goals are really where it's at, folks. You can unlock things like the low lives of low country miscreants who uh, are shady. They're basically um, assassins, and they're very, very cool. There are siege engines, a whole sub-theme to their Rotborn expansion. Extremely cool. The Fang Coast, a custom box insert, which can put every single, like when you get the physical box, you can get every single card in there. It's beautiful. They put a ton of time and effort and love into making this happen, so you should go and check it out now. Go to Chaotic Great Games and check out the Goodnock Kickstarter. Link in the description or search for Chaotic Great Games on kickstarter.com. We are also sponsored this week by BetterHelp. And I know that by the time New Year's rolls around, part of me is feeling really relieved <laughs> that the year is behind me. Part of me is feeling very glad that I won't have to buy gifts for another few months or make them or, you know, arrange quality time in a way that I'm worried about being judged if I'm giving enough quality time, etc. It can be really, really stressful. And I definitely know that I would not be able to have fun or focus or relax through the holiday and gift giving season with out one of the gifts I give myself, which is time in therapy. And if this is something you're thinking about, maybe you want to try it for the new year, maybe you want to go back, maybe you have not been in therapy for a while, or maybe you've just always been curious and you want to give it a try, BetterHelp is a really useful tool to know about because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, where all you have to do to start therapy is fill out a brief questionnaire before you get matched with a licensed therapist. Best of all, in my opinion, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In this season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash join the party today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash join the party. And now... Let's get back to the show. Amanda, you missed the ball drop. Uh, I'm sorry. You put <laughs> you put those what? cheese puffs in at 11.58 and you weren't looking at the clock. I was yelling for you, but it was so Damn. loud. Oh. And it's now 12.02. I'm so sorry. Well, I always want a chaser with the champagne sip. You know what I mean? You need to just like pop a little, a little amuse bouche in there afterwards. So at least I'll be able to give that to everybody. That's fair. Can I put a spinach puff in my champagne? Is that weird? No, I think it sounds delicious. Go for it. Great. Thanks. Did you know that there's a cheese in France that is like designed, like it has a little bowl on the top of it and then you pour champagne into it and it soaks into the cheese. It's called Long Grey. No way. That's I did not know. Fascinating. It's delicious. Fucking French, man. <laughs> that's what happens when you have a specific region for this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's also why we have, like, the KFC Double Down. <laughs> <laughs> that's our version. Mm-hmm. That's our it's version the same thing. What is the region for the KFC Double Down, Eric? Uh, Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky, right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. bourbon. <laughs> yeah, it's just like bourbon. You can, only get, you can only get it in there, yeah. Yeah. Right, it's got an AOC next to it so that you know that it's from that region. <laughs> I don't I don't often get extremely excited about America, but recently a like uh, queer Japanese American owned sake distillery in Brooklyn had a like KFC and sake Christmas Eve thing for oh. all the non-Christians who were still in town. And I oh, was yeah, like, 
I love America. This is great. <laughs> That's great. Well, KFC is a um, is what they do in Japan. So I wonder if they were yeah, sort of playing. They off were that. like they grew up with that tradition, and so they did it. They partnered with the lesbian bar next door and like yeah. did a joint event. It was incredible. It was That's great. That's awesome. I love that. It was great. I love Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. Pretty good. Uh, I also love puppet shows, which we can probably go to one tonight, Eric, if we wanted to. It is the Friday before New Year's Eve, but uh, we do live in Brooklyn, and you know it's. I'm full sure of weird there's shit. a puppet show somewhere. I'm sure there's. A I puppet gotta show. Google real fast. Rem- remember when I made the puppet show on May first in, in uh, Lake Town City yeah. and F four um, for Midsommar, and Julia and Brandon were horrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucked, and I stand by it. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. We amplify your creations back to you in a horror. Mm-hmm. Oh God. I'm sure there was at some point a puppet show of Alonzo in campaign one. So this is this is the through line in addition to Salmon. From Why Eric's did we campaigns. not do a puppet show at the campaign, though? I know. We should have had it at Camp Die. You did a Camp you Dye. did a uh, the, the of, musical. Yeah. You did the Die Hard musical. musical. Yeah. We but had it, it wasn't a puppet show. There was no puppets in the Die Hard musical. There might have been like <laughs> background actor puppets being like thrown Maybe. down the skyscraper. Yeah. 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 And Director Z kind of puppeted a. Uh, the moose. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so many questions about the puppet show. First uh, of all, uh, assistant directors, Lee, first one. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. He's going uh, during the during the not summer months. He's getting his master's in early in summer early education. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Um, I have a question for the three of you. How much did you think you were pranking me? <laughs> I don't think we felt like we were pranking you. We just went into this with a game plan, and we just didn't tell you about it ahead of time. Yeah, less pranking, more scamming you for Amber. That was the deal. Yeah. The the plan was to kind of scam you for more Amber because we were unsatisfied with the number that we had going <laughs> yeah. into the episode. I, I do just have to give full credit where credit is due. On Friday, November 10th, uh, directly after we finished a session, nine minutes, in, in fact, uh, Brandon messaged me and Julia and said, what if? We put on a puppet show of our adventures and charge admission. So uh, mm. the idea came fully formed from the head of Kranos or whatever, uh, <laughs> Brandon over here. And it was incredible. Julia promptly said, yes, it must be a special benefit, though, because art should be free. Um, and I said, we can ask uh, businesses for sponsorships. It'll be great. And that's why I kept saying suggested donation throughout the whole episode. It's like, art should be free, but suggested donation. Exactly. Now, what I didn't say back to you was, is this puppet show art? Yes. (laughs) No, it's art. It's art. Or at least least it's news. Yeah. I think think that Umby's pyrotechnics and Nani's music and score Mm. really elevated it to full art. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of that my one of my favorite episodes of Avatar the Last Airbender where the oh it's the when they're out on summer they're out on vacation or yeah. or, or they're hiding out in the Fire Nation and they go to the recreation of the Avatar story and it's worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. And that was what that entire episode felt to me. It's like you're going to yeah. put mm-hmm. on a show about your own you're making your own propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> that you're selling. <laughs> Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna see, and you're gonna see what happens. And I thought that was really funny. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah. And I, I loved the addition, even though it complicated stuff for us, of the audience having their own expectations. Like, of, of course, they're going to be there thinking about, you know, whether or not we're telling them the truth. And the, oh my god, the pamphlets were so interesting. So let's get into it. A through Z wants to know why didn't the crew know about the pamphlets if they were there all day and like blanketing the island. Eric explained this to us after the fact mm-hmm. because I asked the same question. He was like, you guys just jumped the gun too soon. Like, if you had just, like, let me do my thing with you arriving, you would have probably seen one of those pamphlets. And I was like, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> we came in too hot with our plan. Mm-hmm. There's, um, uh, 
uh, Brandon and I were talking about this. We were talking about Baldur's Gate 3 in the most in the upcoming party planning where I'm going to talk about my favorite games uh, of, of 2023, which Ooh. you should definitely listen to. It was really good. Patreon.com slash join the party pod? Yes, that's it. <laughs> and uh, I was... Something that someone had brought up about Baldur's Gate 3 that I hadn't considered before because I am not, I didn't play it because I'm deeply uninterested in playing in the Forgotten Realms was like the, a video game can do one thing that a tabletop RPG can't do, which is that it can load in interesting stuff that isn't being pointed to by a narrator. So when you walk into a hall... Uh, and there's like a bunch of goblins in there, you can look around and be like, oh, I'm going to make the chandelier fall. But you only realize that on your own by seeing that there was a chandelier being loaded in. I didn't have to describe, okay, you go into this grand hall, it's very large, uh, the goblins have have ransacked all of it, there's mud everywhere, um, but you notice that the chandelier is still burning, and then you'd be like, oh, there's a chandelier. Even if I do this trick where I try to make it seem like it's just landscape detail, you're going to hit on the details that feel very resonant because I have to describe it or you're going to have to roll a perception check and then it's like on you to look around. Now Mm -hmm. I'd like that because I think that looking, paying attention and looking around is something that humans have to do. It's like understanding your surroundings that's why Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock Holmes was always in slow motion because he was always (laughs) looking around, right? So I think that it is on the players to ask more questions if they don't know something. But you would also be very excited to execute a plan and do something because your motivation was get Amber immediately, not look around. Um, So if you wanted to look – if you wanted to make a perception check, you might have seen the pamphlets, um, which I was prepared to do the entire time. uh, But you just didn't, and that's okay. I, I, don't, I don't think that there's – I don't have anything – there's nothing wrong with that because then I was able to express it in a different way through the thing that you all wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Right. It would be so funny if the answer to that was like every DM was like, all right, you walk into your bedroom. The floor is a little bit dusty. There's a scratch on the bedpost. Right. There's a ceiling tile that's gray. And, like, you just spend 40 minutes describing every little thing in every room. But I I agree that I I like the TTRPG approach to things. And that's why open worlds video games make me feel overwhelmed. Because as a person, like, we are all definitionally, you know, the narrators and the first person point of view of our own story. Like, we are walking into a room and we are, you know, sweeping it, looking for something or confirming a narrative we already have or just not noticing things that are different because we expect it to be the same. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's never not filtered through a perspective of something we are looking for or paying attention to or not paying attention to. Um, And that was hard for me to get over at first as a new player because I was like, what if I miss something? Like, what's important? Like, show me the glowing outline of the object in the video game to tell me what to click. (laughs) Right. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm saying about the infinite creation machine is like, that's why the dice like is like you roll, you spin a wheel and then the dice tells it where to stop. Now I can write things down or you can like ask me. That's why I always ask you to ask, ask you to ask me a question Mm -hmm. is like, what do you want to know? Because even if I don't have it written down, I can iterate both on uh, it's like the x-axis is the thing you want in the room and the y-axis is how detailed I'm going into it. Mm-hmm. It's like, Or it's like Battleship, right? Yeah. It's yeah, like where yeah, I'm yeah. going to put it. So that's why I need those two pieces of information too. It's like making a pun. You gotta mush two things together uh, I can, instead of just like trying to figure out what you want or just trying to figure out what the proper amount of detail is. Quick straw poll. Do you think Troy would be delighted by puns or infuriated by them? 
infuriated, oh, infuriated from the reaction that he has to homophones. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, here, Amanda, here are some flowers. Good job. Oh, that was very you, fun. You. There you go. Oh, what a pleasure playing Troy. It's like a vacation for my brain. Um, <laughs> so good. Uh, some more excellent questions about The Hold in episode 33. Um, Saved Man wants to know, uh, Eric, is Gloria a vehicle for you to mock all the crazy shit that the players come up with at The Hold? As she is like, what the hell is happening? No, We're she's wonderful. just very she sweet and I love her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, mm-hmm. I love her too. Uh, Saved also wants to know, is Aubergine really the big bad? Has he been faking it so he can spy on everyone? Is he part of the resistance? Oh my God, that was and they so want funny. to get the keys to give them credibility for the separatist movement in the Crags. I mean, I think this is a little bit of a who can say for sure, but I will say when you started trying to get the key information from me, I was like, what the f is Auber- is Aubergine sort of like uh some doing something that Aubergine is a nosy bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it also would have made sense if we knew about the pamphlet. I know. That was so funny. That whole thing was so funny. And I kind of wanted to pay off the fact that Brandon said, oh, by the way, I've been best friends with Aubergine the yes. entire time. <laughs> while Julia's the one who had scenes with Aubergine only. <laughs> so I really wanted to pay that off that like Aubergine was very good friends with both of you and was playing you off each other. Very yeah. good. We have another theory, though, because A through Z asks, is Edie going to be the ultimate villain? Is she working with Audrey and the zombies? I don't know. Okay, listen. Cammie doesn't like Edie. I don't know what Edie did in this episode to inspire that question. Yeah. Just general vibe. Just remembering Edie's there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I think for for my part for my seat, Edie is uh you know self interested like all pirates and all NPCs, and you know if we can line up our incentives to use her to our advantage, great. But I'm never not going to sort of have my um suspicions up and yeah. have my you know sort of like critical lens on. I don't think any character with that cool of knife hair is going to be a bad guy. That's just too cool. You know, don't you you wish you could grasp a knife with your hair sometimes? Yeah. (laughs) Now I need Edie to have knife hair because Edie has knife hand, but now she needs to have knife hair. Maybe she'll. Well, isn't that like the sprouts? Yeah, her the the carrot. carrot No, it's on her. It's on her arm. Her one of her arms is is carrot. Is the carrot greens? It has the knife attached to it. Yeah, I was thinking carrot greens. Carrot greens is like Uh, she has carrot greens hair, but she also has carrot green arm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But now she needs to have a carrot green knife. Hair like she's a Mortal Kombat character. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. No, now I'm gonna have to give that to her. That's great. That, that'd be tight. Um, the the to answer the question about Gloria in reverse, it works really well to have NPCs like wandering around the. It, it's really fun introducing and. You can make NPCs has whatever personality what they want, and sometimes those personalities are good at underlining or delivering exposition. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. So having exactly. a character that's like, what's happening is really helpful. And Edie, who just loves, loves telling you all the things you don't know, is <laughs> is super helpful. Sometimes you can have a character who's obnoxious, but not evil. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's just what real life is like. Yeah. That's very true. Edie is incredibly obnoxious. And yeah. it's been really fun to lean into that as someone who like knows it and uses that as her main personality trait as like a as a weapon to move forward uh either like you are in re- either you fall for her charisma or you just like go away i will give you exactly what you want because you're so annoying and also mm-hmm. like you know it's to her own detriment like if i was a if she was a smarter person maybe i wouldn't have told all of you that like they want to buy your key for so much amber 
Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, someone mm-hmm. someone was saying they wanted to give you a hundred amber for your key. Like, oh, oops, oh, oh, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. oh, that's an interesting piece of information. Truly, what is stopping us from going back to the maze, getting another key? And then selling that for a hundred amber and breaking Eric's system for you can do whatever you want, dog. I put it in there. That's certainly an option. You could sell mm-hmm. the key. Yeah, do whatever you mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're quite that chaotic. I have a I have a suspicion be. that maybe the labyrinth, which is a god thing, would not let us back in at this point. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Maybe Just get yeeted into the sea. I mean, I think if we revisit the labyrinth, there's a there's a hundred percent chance Troy returns with more puppies. So. <laughs> I'm just saying you you can do whatever you want. Yes. I know that we talk about how like a campaign is like a, is sometimes is more like one of those uh rides at Disney World where you shoot something while you're on a track. Uh-huh. Uh Buzz Lightyear. Well like thank you the Buzz Lightyear ride. Or it's like being a part of a AAA video game where you express yourself through play and then the some of the story beats happen to you, but honestly, mm-hmm. you have control over what your ship does. You can do whatever you want. The map is open. The map is open to you. Um, yeah, totally. So if you wanted to sell the key, do it. I would just love if you could communicate that to me a little early so I can think about it a little bit. <laughs> no, I don't think But I, I have some thoughts. <laughs> I have thoughts about all the options you could do. I do. I do. So you can oh. do whatever you want. Eric, take off your headphones for a second. Okay. Just don't listen. You don't actually. <laughs> you didn't actually have to do that. No, I was just going to say, let's make a fake key and sell it. <laughs> well, listen, we have the mold. We could make a secondary like yeah. key of that. And not that's not plan. one that regenerates. Not a bad plan. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Right. Anyway. And then I said, that's not my corn key. <laughs> <laughs> and then I oh said, boy. a dumb beetle, you mean my sister-in-law? <laughs> Damn. Damn. Anyway. Take my wife. She's a she's a flower. She's a corpse flower. She <laughs> smells. She's stinky. It only comes around once every 10 years. This sounds like my wife. All right. Kendall wants to know, Eric, did you have a plan for some sort of weapon gaining branch of the skill tree or was that bespoke for Gloria? Uh, No, when you brought, I had to add something for Gloria if you were going to bring her back Gloria. to the hold. Yay. Yeah, 100%. Gloria. Yeah, I, I totally had to, to, I totally had to add it. I, I didn't expect Gloria to be part of the skill tree. I just thought, you know, we'd have a new fun NPC. Yeah. But I'm glad that you did. That was yeah. such an exciting but, reveal. Again, mm-hmm. this is like what we were talking about, where it's like in a uh, like Japanese RPG game where you can recruit people and then you go back to your base and you're like, oh, that person set up a shop and mm-hmm. now I can have access to this thing. It's so cool. I, exactly. I fully thought that Gloria just wanted to live at ground floor for like access reasons or because the mm. warmth would help her arthritis. And then I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> the three of you asking so few questions of Gloria <laughs> and just like letting her fucking vibe Whatever because she's like, you that? have endured trauma. Do your thing. Exactly. Do whatever you want. It's just exactly. like her giving only, like only after a while, giving you the only detail you need to know. Yeah. Um. I was just has been so funny to play her Listen, over who, the last few episodes. Who you were before you came out on the Great Salt Sea, less relevant to me than who you are now. You know. Fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jay Powers asks, was there a hidden message about workers' rights within the play? Yes. Yes. Always. Always. Agreed. I if think we're putting it on. Yes, I think the uh, the book depository, uh, the employees revolted, uh, took over, and um, now run it as a socialist enterprise. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. In our version of in your reality. version, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, pirates are are inherently sort of communists, so um, you know, it's just it. it's just inherent <laughs> in the story. It's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From each according to their abilities, and to each according 
to the booty. Yar. <laughs> Avast. Yar. Let's get into some questions about the world and Verticello and our characters. Uh, Eric, here's a throwback question from Nin Skolas. Do Jewish green folk not believe in the waterer and the harvester? That's what Chaz, the bartender in the Crimson Exchange, said. Quote, we believe in the planter, but we don't believe in the disciples of the planter. Now, I know this was a joke, but I do Mm -hmm. want you to have to explain it in your world now. It was good? Yeah. Well noticed. Is the answer just yes? Funny. Good joke. (laughs) (laughs) Good joke. Good good question. Good joke. Good job. Good job. Good job to Ninklaus. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, we have an excellent list of questions from Moss, a sentient rock, uh, brought to us by uh, their cross-Europe train trip, which seems to be very practical and, uh, <laughs> you know, pr- mm. proliferate. Uh, now, last time, because Moss wrote so many, should I, do we just want to, like, read them aloud and just, like, sink in, like, the audio bath of it? Or do we actually yeah. want to answer the questions? I think if one of us feels the power within, mm-hmm. or, like, the, the urge within us to answer, we can. But otherwise, let's just bathe, baby. Good, yeah. Okay. Just let it happen. Eric, up to you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I read it last time. All right. If the characters took a BuzzFeed quiz to determine what type of potato they were, what result would they get? Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which character has unironically said, hi, girly pops, before? (laughs) I think we pranked Umbi into doing so. It's Cammy. Yeah, Cammy. 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 Girly pops. Hey, girly pops. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, gonna make that my ringtone. Great, great. Uh, what state of water is each of the character? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes. yeah, man. Mm, it's good. Yeah. As we have just stopped in the evil city of Frankfurt, which is just <laughs> banks. Oh. What is a city that's avoided by all green folk, and why do they ha- hate it? Also, sorry to anyone who lives in Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's good. It's good. good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some more emotional questions after this, which I think that we've expressed on in the podcast. Of what are the what is the thing? What are the things the characters are the most scared of? When do they feel the most loved? And what is the most embarrassed they felt? I think we've we've hit on a bunch of those. Yeah, a lot of camis happened on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> Wee! That's efficiency. Amazing. Thank you, uh, thank you, narrator Eric, and thank you, Moss. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, we had got a couple questions about the uh, mechanic of rolling a D100 to see if Umby died. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm mistaken. I think I said it on the show, but I, I probably didn't. So let's let's get into it. I think it might have happened on a side quest stream. Mm. Or was it like it, it might have been after we stopped recording and we were just like chatting for a second. I can't yeah. remember now. Yeah. We were making a joke about how old Umbi was and they were like, we should just like randomize whether or not Umbi dies in his sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we said that on, on the That podcast. does sound like a thing we'd say on uh, twitch.tv slash GTP side quests. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to YouTube and watch the VOD channel and, and figure out which episode that is from, let us know. It's true. We definitely Someone... said it. I know we said it. We because, talked about it, yeah. Like, no, I know we did. People thought though, that we got it from like Critical Role or something else. I don't think any None of us, us watched Critical, Critical Role. Role. No. No, None of us watched Critical Role. We're too, we're yeah, too we busy. We don't have the time. Yeah, we don't have time. <laughs> also, like a D100 maps against the uh, you know lifespan that we can all hope for in a human life. So uh, <laughs> I, I think it makes sense that like Edison and many people who are not named Edison, we came to the idea of the light bulb at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty funny joke. It's okay, yeah. Amanda. You can say Nikola Tesla's name. Thank you. 
it's definitely I'm not even saying it's original. I think it's just fun. I think it's something that like someone made on a Tumblr post that got a few thousand notes and then someone made a TikTok of it that got like a kajillion Three likes. Million views. You know? Yeah. And it's like <laughs> Yeah, it's all parallel thinking. That's just one of the funny things you do when you play Dungeons & Dragons. Indeed. Yeah. Everyone knows that when you play Dungeons & Dragons long enough, like monkeys with typewriters, mm-hmm. you, in, you converge. It's, it's convergent evolution upon the fact that you roll D120, D100 to see if you if you live or not. And, like, and, yeah. and an NPC that the DM was not expecting became the little baby of the party, and his name was Boblin the Mob, Boblin the mm-hmm. Goblin. Like that happens to every single Everything. party. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> I was I ran a um a one shot on on one of my on one of my favorite podcasts uh, the other day that's gonna come out soon and I'm very excited about it. And like Ooh. they were so a lot for a lot for all of them, they have not played any Dungeons and Dragons in the last like 10, 5th edition. One of them had played 3.5 at one point. But like, they're all comedians. And I'm like, yeah, you guys are going to be fun. Just like, do it and make jokes with each other. It's so funny how each one of them fell into like the classic new player molds and they didn't even know they were doing it. Like, mm-hmm. one of the players got really into like doing a character voice and like doing like fantasy stuff. The other one of the character was really into like seducing NPCs. And the third sure. one was just like himself, but in a cool situation. And I'm like, Hell that's yeah. all fine and good. You all did a great <laughs> job. But it's mm-hmm. it's like it all people express themselves in similar ways. That's mm-hmm. why there's only like five stories out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so I just always thought I just I just thought that was so funny. Tropes are gonna trope. <laughs> tropes are gonna trope. Gonna trope. Gonna trope. Um, because this is our last recording of 2023, which is it, with two days before the, at the end of the year, <laughs> which I was wrong about. Um, I just want to talk about what it felt like making join the party this year, um, because in previous years, you know, like. Uh, like when we started campaign two, it was funny how we started working on it in late 2019 and then it became so different as 2020 went on. Um, and I feel like our campaigns have really straddled that. And of course it straddled like how people feel about the game Dungeons and Dragons and actual play and just tabletop, tabletop RPGs in general. So I just wanted to talk about how we felt making the show this year. Uh, if we remember, uh, campaign three started, and the first uh, real episode was February 28th. I think we were definitely wow. working on the theme, the shanty before then. And then the mm-hmm. pregame episode started uh, January 31st. And the one shot der- derby. Yeah. And the one shot mm-hmm. derby was all through January. Shout out to the one shot derby. Yeah, yeah. I love the one shot derby. It was so much fun. It was a blast. Yeah. I feel really proud. Uh, it, you know, we were talking with uh, some folks recently and the, the, nuance and size of the TTRPG community and the actual play space as a thing that was not just, you know, a trend you could point to of like two or three popular podcasts, but a like actual cottage industry and, you know, evolving scene is uh, so much fun and so interesting. It makes me really proud of the sort of like original impulse of making join the party where you know me eric and brandon were sitting around a whiteboard and eric's like i've listened to 85 pilots of D podcasts it's late 2016 i have a lot of thoughts uh and you know our original founding principles of like you know don't make it too long <laughs> like make it possible for people to listen to it make it edited make it do do a heightened reality of what it feels like to play a ttrpg not just you know plunk a microphone down and like give the the unedited truth uh teach 
teach a person like me who never played before how to do it and, you know, make sure there are not a bunch of jokes that make it inaccessible to people without a very specific set of like identities and pop culture diets. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think that's even more necessary than ever now. Um, and I, I love that the, the question we always ask ourselves at our, you know, meetings about join the party is like, is this still fun for us and are people enjoying it? Uh, and I think that making stuff that is fun for us will always result in things that people enjoy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm just yeah. yeah, I'm just grateful that I agree with everything Amanda said and I'm just grateful that, you know, what is it 5 5 years in, mm -hmm. 6 years in something like that, we can still make a show that people enjoy listening to and you know, we haven't like dipped in listenership or anything, you know. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's real. Yeah. I think it's 6 now cuz I think we started in 2017, so 6, which is wild. Dang. Come up on 7, folks. 7 in uh, uh, May or June. <laughs> too many years. It's too many years. That's, that's so many years. That's a lot. Yeah, I agree with everything you said about, like, making before it was really a thing, we decided to start this thing. And we've been running it in the way that we wanted to see it for a long time. That makes me happy. Thank God someone yeah. around here knows how to play D&D, &D, and we have Julia now. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I was going to say I'm really proud of creating, not a, creating a character, but uh, being able to utilize magic in a way that I think is both fun to listen to and also fun mechanically and also solves problems in the podcast as well as creates problems, but mostly solves problems. Um, and I, I like look at the two previous characters that I played in like full campaigns, if we're including the, the camp pain, uh, and am proud of how varied and different and interesting those characters have been to play and hopefully to listen to. So that's, that's kind of where I'm left at you know, in retrospective. Mm -hmm, and like, mm -hmm. isn't it amazing that people have named themselves after our characters and gotten tattoos of our logo and yeah. crocheted whole-ass nannies and cross-stitched <laughs> whole-ass portraits and uh, made Amber and Jokins and sent us just like incredible artworks? Like it, I don't know, inspiring yeah. someone to make something is I think the highest compliment um, of all and sort of mm -hmm. the point of human existence for me. I agree. 100%. Yeah, mm. The point of human existence is amassing as much money as possible for me. But <laughs> that's just like my thing. That's my personal thing. But sure. I mean, but no, but like the creative thing that, well, that one's good to do. <laughs> sure, sure, what do you too. think? Like you, you've also hit some professional milestones this year. You got to, you know, do this show live at uh, conventions and uh, perhaps other situations soon. Went on your favorite podcast. Uh, running D&D, &D, how do you feel, especially taking a stand, you know, about, hey, we are decoupling ourselves and our our love for D&D &D the game from D&D &D the, you know, Wizards the company. Um, it feels like a lot of people are kind of catching up and agreeing and, you know, doing similar things now a year later. Yeah, I mean, it was a feeling that I had for a very long time and it felt like just I'm realizing, like, all the things that I used to point to, like, for years ago, it just felt like minority groups, like, trying, yelling and saying, hey, stop disrespecting us, and then a big company being like, ah, shut up, we'll do some DEI <laughs> stuff, whatever. And now, like, openly, it's pretty obvious that, like, there is no steward of this game anymore, um, and that really came to the fore in 2023. Um, yeah, and also, like, the, the actual play industry, like popping up around it and chasing the success of things that that just kind of threw it out there just uh, they just threw it out there because they wanted it to see it exist and then trying to recreate the form of that it's all just been really interesting that i haven't been aware of like seeing 
Dungeons & Dragons influencers for the first time and seeing them respond to this stuff has been like, huh. Oh. I... That there, there are there's like a machine that's pushing back just from on my opinions and realizing it's an actual stand and stuff, which is what happened with the OGL stuff at the beginning of this year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know this 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 show, join the party, has always been like in a create a piece of creative expression for me, uh, both of you know playing and doing this stuff, but also like of. Uh, writing stuff and making games and game design like coming up with the with the rock paper scissors battle mechanics and like really um, using a lot uh powered by the apocalypse stuff to help make Dungeons and dragons be good has been really interesting and i i've really i've really enjoyed it and really been fun leaning into stuff that came from valdas as well mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, partnering with people who, you know, like Mei-Chan Mike uh, and, uh, and Mei-Chan Press, just like so, the, the compatriots that we meet and who are like, oh, yeah, no, I see this too. It's like, oh, thank God. Uh, and, you know, partnering with those folks and uh, working with more people uh, who, you know, are like in and of the community in the new year is something that I'm also very excited about because it is like when, you know, when there is like a big, a big uh, corporate, you know, monster coming to like claim our creativity for their own economic gain or say that you know our contributions aren't important or aren't real those of us who band together and say no actually this is really special because of what we do it, that's like never been more valuable yeah speaking of workers rights am i right mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and most importantly this is the year that people recognized i was the best dm in podcasting and i think right. that, that was yeah. really just like important. independently completely just like kind of out of right. the blue no one ever Parallel said it to evolution. Them. they just knew yeah. no they own. just like thought it and i'm like oh i've oh i've thought this but i'm glad you think this too it's really great did you get the the like plaque that came from youtube <laughs> <laughs> no it wasn't got lost in the mail i didn't see it no. damn Damn. I'll have to contact them. Yeah. Uh, can you contact Hank Green and ask him where my flag is? Um, speaking of collaboration, expanding the form and keeping everybody interested, us and the listeners, uh, we're doing some interesting stuff next month. We are doing, uh, what, what would you say, maybe some one shots that are outside of what we usually do? What? Some stuff throughout for Destello, but doesn't have to do with Cami Umby and Troy what? and Aubergine. What are we going to do without Cami Umby, Troy, and Aubergine for some reason? Will we be there? I'll be there. Will and you, I be there? You'll be there. Okay. And Julia will be there and Brandon will be there. Oh, but okay, also, good. we're having oh. six other people. Uh, what? Coming on and guesting and doing some join the party stuff. Wow. Eric, we only have two days till January. We should record this. We should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm a rushing. Concerned. I'm That's rushing. That's not the time for Brandon and I to edit. Oh God, <laughs> we we have we're gonna do some one shots with guests for the net for the month of January, and I'm so so excited. They're so great. The people that we had to come on are so wonderful, and you're gonna see. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about it as the in the run up to uh, next Tuesday. So get ready, folks. It's we're we're kicking it this off in style. Every episode Wee. has one of the three of us in it, so you will have familiar players and new to you players, maybe people that you love already in other podcasts. I'm not really sure. Uh, and <laughs> I will say this: all of them listening to all of the edit drafts has made me take notes for what our crew needs to do when we get. <laughs> 
you know, back into our POV uh, after these three one shots are done, because there is some stuff in here, people, that impacts uh, our world and impacts the bigger plot. And God, I'm excited. You guys had yeah. stuff that impact, impacts the bigger plot. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to recommend joining the party to someone in January 2024, use these episodes. They are one shots. They are set in the world of, of Vertistello. We're also going to make some. I have some clips that I've cut from them that you can share that, share those as well. This is going to be the time. If you want to get your friends in to join the party in 2024, you can use this stuff. Yes. So our yeah. next three episodes are three in-world one-shots with one of us three and two new guests per episode. We're going to do an after party on January 30th all about those episodes and the implications that the events have for the bigger world. God, I can't wait. And then we uh, are back with uh, the next episode uh, with the crew of the Sea Whip on February 6th. Stay tuned, Woo. folks. It's going to be awesome. Wow. Wow. I'm just going to be in a tanning bed for the month of January. Nice. So when we get Same. back in February, he's going to look golden brown and delicious. Well, he is the golden bachelor brand. That's true. So that makes sense. That's true. He is a fried umby. <laughs> Incredible. I wonder how fried pawpaw would taste. I'm going <laughs> to go with delicious. Uh, probably yeah. good. You know, yeah. we have a second we have a second reality show uh creature by the way. Is that yeah. we had Troy Troy's on Survivor. Now on Survivor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I screamed. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting so to good. see what Cammy's is going to be. I'm excited. Great British Bake Off. That's my take. Oh, that's a good one. Guess. I didn't even think of that. that I was like good. I was like Flavor of love. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen, maybe in her downtime, Cammie and Gloria like hang out a bunch and then Cammie goes out forged in fire. Well, yes. That would be tight as hell. Could be good. Well, considering on forged in fire, the pairings are like two guys who are exactly the same, son and man who are look exactly the same but separated by 20 years, and like two people who have no business being there together. <laughs> that's Umby and that that's Cammy and Gloria. 100 <laughs> percent Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh that is all for this edition of the After Party. Can't wait to have a a whole nother year of no bad Tuesdays of excellent TTRPG content and hopefully uh pushing where this form can go. Wow. All right. Wow. So goodbye, players. Goodbye, goodbye, players. Goodbye, players. May your roles trend ever upward. I'll sing you a song that all green folk know. <laughs>